You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, Blue Jays fans? It is Brandon Panikar in the driver's seat tonight with Adam Corsair and Craig Borden. Welcome on in, everybody, to Jaybird Watching, presented by Stadium Scene. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Yo, yo. Wonderful. Deal. Is it June for Buffalo Blue Jays time yet? Almost, <laughs> man. It's getting close. It's getting really close. Although gotta, they're playing really well in tomorrow. Dunedin. <laughs> yeah. Craig, are you sure you want them to go up that way? Are you sure you want them to Dunedin with the way they're playing? <laughs> but... That that hot Florida heat, you know, is that going to really continue to let them uh, just can mow through pitchers? True. <laughs> and um, actually, I'm going to pull up the schedule here, Adam. I wonder if there is a possibility that we get our uh, our uh, seven or six thirty seven uh, first pitches back uh, in Buffalo because the sun shouldn't be as much of an issue uh, in Buffalo as it would be in Florida. So maybe there is the hope that uh, start times will be dialed back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the Listen, sun sets I- actually kind of on the first base side at the buffalo arena so yeah well right now they're they're for 707 yes right now at least back to normal american league baseball instead of this weird right Right. 37 and 307 on saturdays and 107 on sundays that's in uh, a little more line i like i like that I was uh, really starting to like the uh, the Saturday night games uh, at home, but uh, there would be nothing better than sitting in the backyard, putting the TV out there for an afternoon Saturday game. So uh, Buffalo is right around the corner, gentlemen. But uh, Craig, you hit the nail on the head. Why would this team want to leave Dunedin right now? They're on an absolute tear uh, with the way they've been playing so far. So over the weekend, uh, the Blue Jays won two out of three from the Phillies. Um, I think we all predicted that they would take two out of three from Philadelphia uh, before uh, our last Thursday when we recorded. Um, so we were right, bang on, um, and they did what they needed to do, uh, and they won another series. But, Craig, we'll start with you on this topic. There does seem to be a little bit of a chink in the armor in the bullpen because the Blue Jays had a one nothing lead into what was at the top of the seventh on Friday, and Tim Mesa comes in, Trent Thornton comes in, and they promptly cough up the lead. And on Sunday, the Blue Jays had an 8 nothing lead, 
And luckily, they piled on some runs later in the game because the Phillies scored eight runs of their own. And the bullpen was shaky other than on Saturday. Craig, is this just an effect of the starters not going deep enough? Is it a combination of that plus all the injuries to some really key guys and inconsistent performances from some? Uh, I don't know. You can take it whatever direction you want. You can focus on a particular player. I know I listen to the agenda guys like Meza, uh, Romano, uh, Beasley, whatever you think the bullpen problem is, diagnose it for us. So I think at the moment, at least, some of it is the working part. And uh, But the other catch on the whole thing that they've been getting consistent consistent outings, and I've unfortunately seen some regressions on some certain guys. You had mentioned Meza, for example. He has taken a step back to the point where I'm worried about him taking some of those higher leverage situations that he has been in the last few weeks. And what is it, two games in a row he allowed two earned runs? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's a little rough for him, and um, very uncharacteristic of what we saw for him out of the gate. Anyways, unfortunately, I feel like that was more pre-injury Timbiza, where he was just not locating as well as he was. And I want to see him get back to what was doing good, and I think he can get there. But it was one of those things. This might be just a blip on the radar, where everything, unfortunately, you know, manifested at once. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, they get to the point here where the you know, starting rotation can start eating up some more of these innings and get back to a normal thing because they are definitely overworked. We talked about that extensively over the last few weeks. And um, the fact that they're in the top five in innings pitched in all of baseball from the bullpen and only just that, but though they're like the only one in that top five that has a good ERA. It, we were dancing on a line, playing with a live hand grenade, whatever you want to call it, you know. And it was just a matter of time that some things were going to go wrong. The big thing on these situations that has Blue Jays bludgeoned by offense principle has been completely dialed in into a T over the last week. Adam? Yeah, I think um, when you look at how deep the starters didn't go, um, you can sort of find the, the issue there. Um, I mean, I'm not necessarily too worried about it because the bullpen has been dealing with a bunch of injuries left and right. Like Barucky, I'm sure that threw things out of whack, at least until last night, um, that threw things out of whack. So having to reshuffle roles, um, I know it's next man up, but still this point in the season when you're mid-May, um, I feel like they have a groove and a, a sense of when they're going to be used. That sort of gets flip-flopped here and there. Um, I Also, I don't want to pick on them. I don't want to pick on Montoyo, but I personally thought Kay should have went a little bit more. Um, I thought Ray also should have went a little bit more, even though he you know, he almost had a full six innings. Um, but I, I, that's just being nitpicky. I don't think it's a huge deal. Um but you just hate to see five runs get coughed up and have that lose. But then again, that's baseball. I mean, they took the series. So in hindsight, it's not a huge deal. And I don't see this being a huge issue moving forward, um, especially once the rotation gets healthy, which is what we're going to talk about soon. And th- those roles are solidified. Um, but otherwise, I just think it's a blip on the radar. I'm not overly concerned with it. Listen to some of the names that are on the injured list, gentlemen. Obviously, we knew about Kirby Yates. Well, in in the spring training, that has been long gone for a little while. But some of the more recent additions to that, Anthony Castro, who's currently on the 10-day injured list, and it doesn't seem like he's going to come back anytime soon. David Phelps was just transferred to the 60-day injured list, and he's been lights out so far this year. Julian Merriweather, as we know, uh, is on the 60-day injured list. 
Now, he could come back in mid-June. Um, I haven't heard too many recent updates on that. And then Ryan Baraki recently hits the 10-day injured list as well. And as you mentioned, Adam, Delise just got activated yesterday. And so when you hear some of those names, back when the season started, other than Kirby Yates, all those guys, other than Castro, were their biggest contributors at the back end of the bullpen. And then you mixed in guys like Romano uh, and Chatwood. Uh, and others like that so it's it is concerning a little bit especially because i'm going through the depth chart right now guys listen to these healthy relievers just think about who went on the injured list but right now we have trent thornton who's pitched all right jordan romano who looked like he hurt himself on sunday mm-hmm. to be completely mm-hmm. honest and i know they only played one game since then it'll be curious to see if he pitches tonight tim Mesa, who's very rocky for the last few innings tyler chatwood's been awesome joel Pyamps, i don't think we expect elite performances but he's been fine um and then dolice just got back so he's good and then to round it out you have travis bergen who's actually been pretty good aj cole thank goodness they brought aj cole back on the minor league deal because he's been really good since he came back and montoya trusted him last year and he's already worked his way back into that little circle of trust and then jeremy beasley who narrowly finished the game uh on sunday so, Adam, the list of guys who you can truly trust in that bullpen for Charlie Montoyo is getting awfully thin. Of some of those names, who do you trust the most? Uh, or maybe some of the new guys who may have entered the circle of trust just to be like, okay, maybe it isn't so bad move forward because these guys, we can rely upon them. But uh, there's some shaky performances in there. Yeah, I would say the one, oddly enough, the one that I, the two, I'll say, that I trust the most are uh, Chatwood and, strange enough, Thornton. I mean, it, he's sort of been there, done that, and he has the uh, experiencer working in his benefit. Not that a lot of these players don't, but uh, I don't expect like someone like Thornton to get lit up, even though in that game he gave up two runs. I, I don't see him getting like destroyed. Um, I can see him holding it down for an inning or two, same with Chatwood. Um, but otherwise, there's just sort of... I don't know. At this point, they're just sort of dice throws. Um, Interchangeable. (laughs) Yeah, you just sort of white-knuckle your chair and hope for the best. Um, I guess, you know, reflecting back, especially on that Sunday game, thank God Bryce Harper was hurt. Yeah, and I don't mean that yes. in a bad way. So, I don't want a player to be hurt, but that's sort that of and Muto wasn't in the, in the lineup either, right? Yeah, and um, yeah. McCutcheon was in the lineup, but I don't really he think there. he should have been. <laughs> no, it's same thing with Harper when he we. I mean, it was almost by necessity because of the injury, but he just you could tell he was grimacing in pain mm-hmm. with every swing. So, and that worked to the Blue Jays' benefit later in the game. But I, I don't fully trust any of these relievers really. Uh, but if I have to bank my money on any of them, it would be Chatwood and then Thornton. Yeah. Craig, how about you? I don't. I, I I agree that Chatwood right now is the ace in the back end. It's nice to see Delise come back, but you could definitely see that he was a little rough from the. I have pitched in what a week and a half, mm-hmm. two weeks or whatever it was. So um, he definitely looked like he had a little bit of rust at the end of last night's game, which is why I'm glad that he got in there at least with you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly point. plethora of runs but um i'm not completely comfortable with the fact that travis bergen is getting more and more innings and literally the only thing that apparently buck and tabby can talk about is the fact that he's just going to literally go up there and do nothing but fastballs yeah mm. keep telling everybody <laughs> that <laughs> see how that works out and 
it's it scares me that that's the kind of thing that we're trucking out there. I agree that the kid's got a great fastball, and he was great. He gave my daughter an autograph when we were down in Dunedin one time, <laughs> but I just can't do it. I'm sorry, it's just if he's going to be the guy that ends up taking more and more innings for the Blue Jays, uh, I really can't wait for some of these other things to shake out as far as the rotation that might push somebody like Stripling more into our uh, yep. you know back end and whatnot and things like that. I know we're going to talk about some of those scenarios later, so I'm going to bury the lead. But anyway, the fact that the one person that has surprised me a lot is Joel Pineapps. I do think there's something there. I'm not sure if it's going to be something that ever turns into a closer or anything, but I do think he could be a dominant middle reliever. Mm -hmm. And I honestly am glad that the Blue Jays kept freaking picking him back up after he was waived by nine teams or something like that, seems like, all at once. (laughs) It was back and forth with him and the Sox, right? Us and the Sox. I'm pretty yeah. sure you're right. Yeah. Well, I think the Diamondbacks waved him at the end of the season. Red mm. Sox picked him up. We picked him up. Then we dropped him. And then it was like back and forth between the Red Sox. And I think he was technically a cub for about five seconds or something Maybe. like that. There was something really weird going <laughs> on there, man. Like I said, I'm happy that the Blue Jays were that confident and brought him into camp. And he ended up standing out. And mm. that's what we need in our bullpen. And that's what the Blue Jays have been able to do, it seems like, for like 20 years now. <laughs> Just grab somebody throw him out there, hope he has some gas. Um, but that's the one thing I love about this bullpen. There is some variance to it, and I think that's the reason they've been getting around the way it is. And one way or the other, they got a few guys that can come up and just light out the right, light up the radar gun and really run away with it too. So Chatwood is just, Chatwood just figured out how to get people out, though, and yeah. it's very fun to watch. <laughs> it is. It is. It is a lot of fun watching him pitch whenever he comes in the game. I don't even think he's going to walk anybody anymore. It's that crazy. Uh, and he was the guy who had a whole bunch of control issues the last few years. That circle of trust is getting smaller and smaller, though. At the beginning of the year and the first two, three weeks of the season, you could probably make a case that almost everybody in that bullpen you could trust on the high leverage mission, and that list has shrunk considerably uh, over the last few weeks with all the injuries. But um, really quick, we don't have to spend too long on this topic. Adam, is Jordan Romano hurt? What do you think? I think so. Um, but I, I think given the fact that we're talking about how thin this rota- the relief rolls are already, um, they might not be inclined to like <laughs> immediately put them on the IL, but then again, they're handling all their pitches with kids gloves at this time. Um, I'm sure it might just be something that he can right now work through and they probably, it will be a break in case of emergency kind of thing now, especially since Delise is back. Um, but it certainly is something that it didn't look good. No. So I think he is. Yeah. I'm just hoping I can rest him and let him sit on the bench, even though, you know, give him the next two days if he feels better. Hopefully we have enough arms, especially with what Ryu did last night. Yes. They got some extra length out of that, you know, starting rotation that they were able to let him mow through guys. (laughs) And then they didn't have to worry about anything. And if not to mention if the offense keeps putting up crooked numbers, if Romano sits there, fine. I'm good. Completely game with it. Like you said, break in case of emergency. Worst case scenario, I have a strange feeling he can come out there and throw gas and people are going to continue to swing at it. Scary times, kind of, in the Blue Jays bullpen right now. There is still some trust, but uh, there's a chink in the armor, and it will be worth watching over the next few weeks to see what the performance of the Blue Jays bullpen is like. But the next few topics hopefully give us some optimism moving forward. But let's start with one guy who's been up and down and up and down this year, and I, I can't tell if the Blue Jays actually are truly comfortable 
with Anthony Kay in the rotation because it basically he basically had to be forced in there because of injury and inconsistent performances from others. But Anthony Kay last time out, Craig, on Saturday, probably at his best outing. And even though it was only four innings, I'm pretty sure he struck out six and only walked two. Uh, and the Phillies, the lineup isn't bad. It's not a bad lineup. He pitched well. Um, Craig, are you comfortable with Anthony Kay being the main fifth horse moving forward in the rotation, just because there really is no other options uh, at this point. But why would it have taken so long for them to just be like, yeah, run away with a spot? At some point, you have to start making calls on some of these kids because guys like Simeon Woods Richardson and Alec Manoa, who we'll be talking about later, um, are going to start pressing for jobs uh, as soon as this year and next year. And it would be nice to know what Anthony Kay's future is with this team. So are you riding him out until the rotation gets a little bit healthier? And will he take his turn every five days moving forward? Yeah, I think right now he, it's his job to lose. And um, I'm finally glad that they gave him a shot to actually pitch some good innings in a start. And he looked great. I, there's nothing I can say really that bad about that start or anything. And um, it looked like a completely different Anthony Kay from that last start that he had. And he just looked confident. The pitches were going where he was intending them to. Great movement. It was very, very exciting to see. And like, if we can get him just to chew four or five innings. Yep. It's it's worth every penny of it, and right now he could he has a ceiling where he is much you know he could be a, when we traded for him we were expecting him to be a number three starter. I still think that is him all day every day, and I don't have anything waning on my confidence on that right now. It's just when is it gonna happen? Right now, I think he's starting to show enough that hey, I deserve a spot in this rotation for a chance, and I think that chance is gonna go just as long as he can continue to go out there and you know keep runners baffled the biggest thing on his start the other day is the balls were on the ground instead of up in the air <laughs> so i think it's going to be great to see him in the next few days and weeks and whatnot here as uh hopefully some of these other chips fall but to that point that what you had mentioned about why he hadn't gotten that chance i think they were really hoping that one of these veterans was going to run away with one of these rotation spots and then they were going to have to use him later in the season and now with some of these other guys that we were just talking about, they're, they're, they're moving up the roster a little bit too. So they're a little, okay, great. You can get rid of the Tanner Roarks of the world and move on to Anthony Kay and let him have a chance. Because in all reality, worst case scenario, you had the same guys going in. And right now, you have a chance to get something solid out of Kay. I agree. Adam, what about you? Um, so we sort of hyped up uh, Stripling's last outing for uh, good reason. Uh, I don't know. I think that Andy K is a, a great little placeholder for now, but I don't know that he's got a permanent spot in the rotation. And I think when Hatch comes back, I think it's K's spot that's going to get given up, especially if I think Stripling's pitching tonight, right? Yep. I yeah, it depends if, on if, how those two sort out. Which, yeah, one's, the, which one's the hot hand? Right. If Stripling <laughs> has another good outing tonight... K is the most expendable of the two. And if Hatch comes back and he's ready to go, I just think he's going to slide into that spot in the rotation just because of the expendability of Anthony K. Um, it's not to say that he hasn't been performing well. Uh, I think he only gave up one hit um, in his outing against Philly, I, which is great, but I, I just think he's here for injury purposes and not to have a permanent spot in the rotation. I think they have too much invested and guys like Stripling and guys, uh, 
I don't know. I, I wouldn't even say Pearson at this point. Um, I, I just think those the 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 stripling and the hatch positions are are guaranteed to be in the rotation unless things go catastrophically wrong, i.e., like a Tanner Rower kind of kind of deal. Well, you mentioned his name. Let's move on to this topic. Um, out of Thomas Thomas Hatch uh, is beginning his rehab tomorrow night um, in Buff or Trenton, wherever the hell the Bisons are playing. Trenton, yeah, Triple yeah, A. Um, and that lines up almost on the exact same night that Anthony K is next supposed to pitch, which is Friday. Um, I incorrectly said in our agenda that K was going to move with Steven Matt, so uh, ignore me. But it is Friday, uh, Anthony K's next scheduled turn. Um, so Adam, from what we saw last year from Thomas Hatch, we saw some really good at the beginning of the year. Um, it dipped a little bit as the season went along, uh, and then I wouldn't say fell off a cliff, but he became as the season went along and batter saw him a little bit longer. Um, Blue Jays media people on Blue Jays Twitter are really hyping up Thomas Hatch to kind of be like, and I think it was Jeff Blair who said this, or maybe it was Joe the other night saying that if Thomas Hatch comes back, it kind of feels like uh, that final piece of the cement block that will make this rotation go and be steady and whatnot. Are you buying that? Because yeah, I think Hatch is, is good. Um, there was a lot of good that we saw last year, but there was also some, areas for concern and i'm not sure we should be trusting a guy this much this early in his career especially the fact that he's coming off of an injury um and a pretty major one at that i know it really wasn't uh, or i forget what the injury was uh but uh, yeah it seemed a lot of trust in the blue jays media and a lot of hyping up of thomas hatch is that deservedly so or should we put the caution brakes on for a little while uh yeah i think we, first of all the injury was an elbow um I don't ever get overhyped for someone that's going to be that far in the rotation. In other words, like a four or five guy. I'm not overly hyped about it, but Pete Walker, I guess loves hatch and uh, you got to trust Walker and what he, his evaluation of the talent. Um, in no way do I feel if this is the, the rotation that we're walking into for a playoff run, even though he probably wouldn't be the one pitching or starting any of the games. But if this is like late in the season that it's pushing for, say, the the division, I'm not really that confident. I, I'm not saying let's go Thomas Hatch. Let's take it home. Um, but at the same time, it is, I guess, optically good to have that the injury bug, at least in the rotation, starting to wear off and had that solidify what we thought we were going to walk into uh, the year with. And I, I guess that in and of itself gives me a little bit of, not confidence, a sense of stability that we're going to have for this team. Um, I like to see it, especially yeah. with an elbow injury, having all this time off, and he has been pretty hyped. I'm trying to not pay attention to that much hype because, I mean, not that I don't expect him to perform well, but if he doesn't, then I'm just sort of let down. It's just that's the story of being a Blue Jays fan, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, but at the same time, uh, it, it, it's nice to have that sense of stability. It's nice not to guess who's going to be here. And again, I think that's the spot that Anthony K. Wright is going in for. And once Hatch is ready, I think Anthony K. will go down and then we'll see what we have. But... As of right now, sure, it's exciting, but I'm not, like, thrilled. But I'm just sort of indifferent about it. We'll see what happens. Fair. Like, what about you? Give us Hope some uh You're hoping for the for best. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah. No, I, I think he's got a chance to stick, but I, I agree that it's right now, if, if it came down at the end of the day, that K is the guy that's going to probably make way for Hatch or whoever ends up coming up. But Thomas Hatch doesn't – I 
I love watching him pitch, but what kind of track record are you basing this off of? You got, he's got just as many you know innings as Nate Pearson has. For Christ's sake, I think in the minor leagues, how many injuries he's had. You know, I would call it that close. But I love his stuff. I really think he has a chance. But I'm still in that same ballpark that if he comes up and starts pitching right now, you're hoping for like what Anthony Kay did the other night, right? Four innings, a few strikeouts, just keep the team in the game. I agree that Hatch's stuff has got a lot more spin on it than K's, but you basing that like, oh, he's going to come in and save this rotation. Well, there's not much to save, really. You know, Ryu and Ray and uh, Matts have been very good. We're just hoping for those next two guys to step up and really take this thing over to an overdrive, you know? And if Hatch can do anything to be better than what we've been trucking out in the fourth and fifth spot, is it really any that, you know, it's that much more beneficial for the team? That's all it really comes down to. It's another chance for a better ceiling in those two positions in our rotation. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. The ceiling is definitely there. I, I know we praise Stripling, and rightly so, and just for Blue Jays fans, the game did, did just start. We'll get, bring you some live updates if there are any updates to give uh, throughout the course of the rest of the show. Um, but yeah, Stripling's pitching again tonight, and it's curious, uh, moving on to the next topic, uh, because the Blue Jays did bump Alec Manoa's start from yesterday to today, and that, funny enough, winds up with Ross Stripling. So people are starting to make... Um, the conclusion that Manoa's call-up could be imminent, uh, or it's just kind of like wait-and-see mode, see if they can ride out what Stripling started in his last outing. Uh, maybe he can give them some stability, and you can keep Manoa down for a little bit longer. Guys, I am sorry to report, but Manoa is human. He did give up a run tonight. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, but did you see how much I guess he has in yeah. three innings? <laughs> yeah, he has six over three, and the uh, uh, was his only hit. It was a home run, a little shot. Uh, but yeah, he's human, I guess. But no, Alec Moa, again, um, people on Blue Jays tuned into the Bisons game tonight uh, just to watch him pitch or raving about him yet again. So, Craig, what does this signal to you? The fact that they bumped Manoa from yesterday, to t- which lines up with Ross Tripling instead of 100. Um, are we making too big a deal out of that? Do you think that would be in wait-and-see mode um, over the next start or two for Stripling and for Manoa? It's getting everything kind of like, you know, in a perfect world, this would happen, right? But worst case scenario, now we have, you know, possibly slide into those rotations and we don't have to worry about them sitting for a week. You know, somebody that's pitching as hot as Alec Manoa is pitching, you don't want him sitting around just waiting for his, you know, rotation spot if he gets called up. That's That could be kryptonite, you know. It could be the difference between him having an outing like Nate Pearson had or doing something like Andy did over the weekend. It could be that, you know, contrasting. So having him at least in the ballpark here of ready to go on the day that you would kind of expect him on a major league call-up, it just works out. It, it's very nice. It was not a big interruption with schedule in the minor leagues. Clearly, he's having no problem tonight, um, <laughs> giving up a one a home run to a career minor leaguer in Chris Harriman from the former Rochester Red Wings. <laughs> he was, I think he was with the Twins organization for like five years. <laughs> so um, I'm not worried about it. Now. And the fact that he is just mowing through AAA hitters, what's the worst-case scenario? He comes up and he pitches these kind of innings and strikes out just half the guys? <laughs> I, his stuff has been just nasty. I've been trying to find more and more video on him and can't find enough of it. It's just amazing. Yeah, it's good stuff. But I think it's going to translate, and it's just a matter of when is he going to get that shot and if he's going to be the first in line to actually get that shot. Yep, absolutely. Adam, uh, gush away if you want about Manoa or uh, just let us know. Do you think he's coming up? Again, I don't. I don't think he's going to come up until – 
maybe late June, if the earliest mid. Um, I am not taking anything away from his talent. I'm not trying to throw cold water on this, but I, I feel like the organization has been, with the exception of Alejandro Kirk, has not rushed their key prospects. Mm-hmm. They haven't. Um, and I don't, I'm not saying he has earned a right to be discussed. I'm not saying he hasn't earned a right to be floated out there, given the state of the rotation right now. But at the same time, we have to acknowledge that this is still just AAA. And AAA talent versus big league talent are worlds of differences. Just look at Nate Pearson. Look at Nate Pearson pitching pretty well in AAA before he came up, and then he got lit up, and it's not the first time it's happened. So I'm not saying that the fate of Alec Manoa is going to be the same Nate Pearson. I'm just saying I think the Blue Jays have so much invested in him that they need to make sure that he's ready. And right now, if the rotation is still keeping their head above water and the Blue Jays are winning games, especially walk out of this series first in the AL East, they really don't have a reason to call him up. If they start slipping and need the starting pitching help due to injury or just due to underperforming, then I think you can make the case. But right now, they're in a pretty comfortable position that they don't need to call him up. And honestly, the more time that he has to you know, hone his craft in AAA, I think it's the better. I really do, because you don't want to be in a position where he comes up and just gets lit up. And I know last week we were talking about Nate Pearson. You have to learn from those mistakes. But let's not forget, Nate Pearson has pitched things before, and it's been this yo-yo of up and down with him. If you're going to call Alec Manoa up, he needs to stay up, period. And he needs to prove that he it's not going to be a yo-yo project with him. If he comes up, it's because there's an open spot in the rotation. Uh, the Jays couldn't pull a trade maybe at the deadline to to get that ace, another ace in the rotation to make a World Series run or what have you. If you're calling up Alec Manoa, it's one and done. That's it. And I don't necessarily think he's there quite yet. Would you, any of your answers change if you knew you just gave up a two-run homer? In the top of <laughs> six pitches, <laughs> Ben Wyatt. I mean, he did that in Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got off to a rocky start against the Braves too, and he ended up pitching pretty pitch. well. Yeah. <laughs> but he's actually like, yeah, two at this point. <laughs> it two is two up the Red Sox. Batters. I can't even watch it because of the regional blackout bullshit. But... Oh, <laughs> that's true. That sucks. Here, Adam. Uh, Adam, I got but you. There's your I score update. You, right? Hold on. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Appreciate it. Oh, oh, it's three. Oh, yeah. dear. Uh, okay. It's uh, so, yes, home runs. Uh, call up Manoa now. <laughs> Verdugo but, uh, and J.D. Martinez both went deep. Uh, three nothing in Red Sox. I think the ultimate question that we ourselves as Blue Jays fans and the front office obviously needs to identify an answer is, um, is there anything left for Alec Manoa to learn at the AAA level? Um, and I would tend to agree with you, Adam, on it should be a one and done, but also just keep him down there to continue to work through things because he just got to AAA. Keep in mind last year he was, or two years ago now, he was only in Vancouver um, in high A ball uh, with the Vancouver Canadians. So this is his really first action this close to the big leagues in a long time, uh, ever. So be ca- careful with them, be cautious. But I mean, the, the chance for Manoa's name are only going to continue to grow if Stripling has another outing or two like this. And because of that, and because of the state of the Blue Jays bullpen that I've been talking about earlier, that could use some reinforcements and some in length out of it. Um, maybe the call up of Manoa is accelerated to two or three starts from now. If Manoa goes out there and throws another two gems in a row and stripling does what he started tonight 
and maybe has a decent outing and then has another bit of bed, I think those cries get a little bit louder. Stripling, you've proven you can be effective one time, maybe a time and a half through a batting order. That's perfect. You could go out and give us two innings out of the bullpen, maybe borderline three. Um, and Manoa, you're up here. So I'm saying two or three more times for the rotation. I think that could become a reality. But we'll Mid-tune. see. Yeah. yeah, let me let me let me right. throw this out to you. Um, if you had to choose, the Jays keeping this rotation and keeping their head above water and just like slightly over five hundred until the trade deadline and pulling the trigger for a legit ace, legit ace. I'm talking like a Scherzer uh, for a rental, um, or, or I don't I don't know if they can can swing a trade with the Cubs. Um, for Hendricks, but we'll say like someone that can be a solid number two behind Ryu to bump Ray to three and not call up Manoa or the same situation, no trade and call up Manoa. What would you rather have? I'd rather the former of what same. you described. Same. I really would. I Stripling's really would. done, just FYI. He's pulled? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, five hitters have come to the plate just to you know pour more gas on this fire here five hitters five five of reach base and they're already laying three and up three and nothing oh. red Sox. that's all right it's a minor league ballpark <laughs> <laughs> he sure is pitching like a double a single a pitcher right now i'll yeah. tell you that but <laughs> yeah sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but it's worse well, right now for Ross. what would like, you do what would you do craig right now i would love to be able to get somebody and trade a bunch of minor league prospects and keep Manoa and the guys that we've been talking about that are eventually coming in this minor leagues. But I think still even to get somebody like, like, like Hendricks, even, you know, we're going to have to give up something pretty decent, decent, even to the Cubs, even on a rental. Right. I'm wondering how much you try doing what we did last year and trying to buy, you know, this is actually to Ben, Ben, uh, yeah, Ben Wyman's point in our Twitter so far this evening. I'd be looking more for the buy low guy. It's somebody just enough to like that, like to get the guy that we are hoping to be getting from this Alec Manoa conversation, like what, like what we did with Ray and toss it in. But so that sounds like Luis Castillo is what he sensed they got because he's been <laughs> terrible to start this year. Yeah. That wouldn't be the worst idea. <laughs> so listen, Pete Walker listen, can if fix you, it. <laughs> if you can get a Scherzer, let's say, and I know that's oh, ambitious, right? Game on, I, I know. I'm doing it now. I'll throw my yeah. prospects as I can at that right now. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They're suffering. I, I, I don't know what it would take, but if you can do, I'm sure it would take more than this, but like the main pieces are a Groshans and an SUR or a Groshans and a Lourdes, I'm pulling the trigger. 100% I'm pulling the trigger. Even with Lourdes heating up right now, you're doing. That. I'm pulling the trigger, okay. dude. I'm 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 putting Tay Oscar in left. I'm putting I'm keeping Graychuck in center, and I'm putting Springer in right. That's what go. I'm doing. And I didn't think about that one. <laughs> you get Max Scherzer in this rotation, pitching behind Hunjin Ryu. You're going to the World Series. <laughs> Who's pitching behind who? <laughs> yeah, it, at that point, it doesn't matter. If Ray conti- continues to pitch the way you, he is in the playoffs, that's your one, two, three. Yeah, that's a very valid point. Well, and then still sure. having somebody like Matts that can still find it, you know, every two thirds of the time, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, if, if you just a three man rotation at that point for the playoffs, at least to initially start the playoffs, right? You can have Matts come out of the bullpen and just light it up, right? I'm just thinking of the David Price trade and how little they gave up. 
And I know stations will be different. The Tigers are really starting to fall out of it and turn into a team that was going through a serious rebuild. But you didn't give up anybody in the price trade that you thought, oh, shit, that's going to burn us. I feel Lourdes would be the kind of guy that would burn you for trading um, at the deadline, even if it's for Scherzer. (laughs) Yeah. The contract's really good, but at the same time, if you're you're making that – World Series, put like these are proven aces, and you can't get it done. This pitching staff, I'm sorry for all we're hopping up Robbie Ray and Hunjin Ryu and maybe Manoa. That's not World Series. It's just not. No, I'm it's sorry, not. it's not. And if if you have a pretty decent influx of outfielders right now, especially coming up through your system, right? And I know Jonathan Davis isn't anything to write home about, but he's pretty decent at least to to bag or two or to fill in. Right. And if it takes you to get a legitimate proven ace like a Scherzer and you have to give up like a Groshans and a Lourdes or Lourdes and an SWR, I think it's worth it. Deuce is worth the squeeze, especially if or if you're trying to get maybe the combo of Bryant and Hendricks from the Cubs. That sounds a little bit bit more intriguing because you're getting a bat, the position that we need and the. Yeah. But yeah. that I would do because you have Hendricks longer than yes. Scherzer yes. going into free agency. That's what I'm okay giving us up Simeon Woods-Richardson for a rental for half a year. I can't do it. Um, and I can't do Lourdes at that point either. But oh, if it's I, that Cubs I'm, package, that Cubs package for sure, I, I do I'm that. Intrigued. I don't know. If if you're getting a Max Scherzer with this pitching staff and this offense, that like you can sub out a Lourdes, and I know the contract is good, but you can sub out a Lourdes and still be mashing right now, especially when you put Springer into this lineup. Yeah. You can still be mashing right now, and you have two legit aces in your rotation. Two. Yeah. Can I interject one random fun thing to this whole conversation? The only reason we can even legitimately have this outfield conversation without having somebody like Lourdes in this conversation is Randall Gritchick actually has shown up. No, I know. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing that nobody could have predicted, you know, regardless of the bullpen arms and all the other crap and how our rotation is shaken out, that is the one thing nobody expected this season to happen. He is having a coming out party very similar to Teoscar Hernandez did last season. For sure. And without that whole situation, it's insane. And just to put it out there, I hope you guys aren't watching the actual game because this conversation is 10 times better than what's going on in the real game. I can't. (laughs) But what I'm saying also, is that like yes ideally I would like to trade Greychuk especially with the hot start you could sell high on it especially with the contract compared to Lourdes I just don't know that teams are going to bite on it compared to Lourdes I think they see the potential Scurriel is going to be fantastic yeah. right but if if I'm getting two three months of an ace a legitimate ace like you cannot find those you just can't pick them up and it's I would say that Max Scherzer today is better than what David Price was in and if you throw that into the rotation behind Ryu, and even if it's not, even if Ryu, imagine Ryu being your number two. Yeah. The inning's <laughs> over. The inning is oh, over. Still three nothing? <laughs> Five nothing. Five nothing. Oh, Blue Jays can get back. Yeah. No, they, these guys score some runs. Uh, get some runs on the board. Maybe they can score eight again like they've done the past two days. Yeah, not a little bit more. <laughs> we got carried away with trade talk. I'm sorry. I have <laughs> That's okay. I do have one interjection, okay. though, because uh, Ben, uh, yeah, Ben Wyman, uh, Brendan's point about Luis Castillo. Do you think that would be realistic still? Because, yes, yes he has yeah. been 
having a rough year, but the Reds have been having a rough year. So it's not shocking that he is acting just like his team. (laughs) And you know, who's also been off to a terrible start that could fill you in a third base is Eugenio Suarez. Um, So I would take Suarez in a heartbeat too. I know he's got tons or, and he could fill in a third base, but surely the bat will turn around at some point. So you buy low on both of those. Um, Yeah. to mention his bat in the American league East. Oh, totally. Like mini Donaldson. <laughs> and I could be wrong, but you have Suarez for a few more years after that, too, that you could plug it's in at, at third base. One. Oh, is it just one? I, it Still. might be at least one, but for all I know, the other one is not shown as arbitration or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so if yeah. you have him for one year, you that that's enough time for Groshans, too. Agreed. And then he'll fill in the following year. As long as yeah. Groshans isn't in that deal. but Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. As a guy that's watched some of Groshan's stuff this year, he is not going to be. I he should not be in the conversation this year because he definitely looks like he's having some trouble adjusting to the level he's at now. So, or at least maybe it's too. You know, I took a year off of baseball bullshit and <laughs> going on with him, but the bat has not shown up yet. Would you rather trade Groshan's or Austin Martin? I'm Martin. 100%. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Yes. Yeah, without hesitation. Martin go. I'm not letting Austin Martin go. If he was able to actually go right into the minors last year and start playing, he'd be on the verge of a call-up at this point. Absolutely. In my mind. And he's, he's just like a major. Great. He's looked like a player already so far for the uh, Fisher Cats. So. He's probably the most major league-ready prospect they've ever drafted, Austin Martin. Oh, because yeah. Because nobody else in – my memory of being a Blue Jays fan was everybody saying this kid can be in the bigs in a year. Nobody has yeah. ever done that. So my biggest thing yeah. with him is the athleticism. He could play third base, and if I lost Groshans, okay, great, let him play third base. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the, right now they have him more or less playing center field and only center field, but that's completely fine by me. If let him, I'd rather him try center field. And then have to go back to short third, sure. <laughs> whatever. You know, right now, if he has the athleticism to be a guy that could eventually maybe pair with Springer in this conversation here, when Grichik's kind of runs out, he'll be the guy ready to play left field or center field for Spring with Springer. Yeah. yeah. No, yep. you're absolutely Oscar's right. Oscar's got how many million years left on his contract now? So <laughs> it's all arb too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. It's a scary outfield for the years to come right there, period. And then, like I said, uh, if you yes. keep any of these guys, you have yeah. much more flexibility. Maybe, like I said, maybe it is something like that. He'll end up playing third base or something like that. He played there in college. so Yep, yep. And played it well. That Very is, much so. Uh, that is for sure. It, uh, it's fun having these trade discussions, and that kind of leads in a little bit to our last topic and also the title of tonight's show, which is Take the East. Uh, which Ross Stripling seems to not want to be doing uh, tonight. <laughs> uh, but we are uh, going into the bottom of the first, so plenty of opportunity for this potent Blue Jays offense to come back in the game. That being said, this is I kind of teased this before we started recording. This series to me, especially after last night's 8 nothing win, feels like when the Blue Jays went into Fenway in 2009 in first place, and the Red Sox behind them by a couple games. And the Blue Jays got swept. And the Blue Jays season crumbled after that in 2009. And last night, after they won 8 nothing, and look, they still could come back and win tonight. And they could very well win tomorrow, too. That's just how good this Blue Jays team is. It kind of feels the same way, but the opposite. This time, with the Red Sox coming in in first place, and the Blue Jays just half a game behind them. Uh, and if the Blue Jays were even just to win the series, pretty consistently, uh, or maybe, maybe if they come back tonight and win tomorrow, sweep it, um, then I could see the parallels running pretty well. Uh, so, Adam, 
we have all been surprised by this Boston Red Sox start. Uh, somebody tweeted the other day that they have had one of the easiest schedules to this yes. point in the major leagues. So they are definitely taking advantage of the weaker opponents they're playing. Even if the Blue Jays just win the series 2-1. Um, even if it's not convincingly, even though they started doing that last night, uh, win the series. Can you see the Red Sox starting to come back down a little bit of a level? And because right now, when you look at the ALE standings, you see four teams right there. That's intimidating moving forward, knowing that shit, we're not only going to have to be better than the Yankees and the Rays. You have to throw the Red Sox in that mix, but I'm still not buying it. Are you? No, no. I mean, they haven't even played the Yankees yet, right? That's, at all. They really. That's like us with the have, Orioles then, and that makes yep. it the only easier wow. for us. <laughs> yeah, they have not played the uh, the Yankees, and they played the Orioles. I mean, they they opened the season against them, right? Yep. So they played the Orioles the first four games, then three after that, so that's seven. And in this past month, they've been they played them four, so they played the Orioles eleven times. Oh, yeah, already, <laughs> and they haven't played the Yankees once. That's right. right. So four games yeah. against Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, and they Damn played it. three games against Detroit. Uh, three games against uh, four games against um, the Rangers. Wow. And four games against Seattle, four <laughs> games against five games against the Twins. I uh, sorry, four. It was a doubleheader. So four games against the Twins. Next yeah, that's the been their schedule. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, they, they've had a pretty cush schedule in comparison. Yes, they have. And you could argue that the Blue Jays are. Perform and they've also played. Uh, sorry, not to interrupt myself, but they've also played. They're going to be playing the Phillies for three after this season uh, series. So they've had a pretty decent schedule. Um, the Blue Jays, in comparison, had a much difficult schedule, and they're overperforming without their number one star and yes. given the plethora of injuries. So uh, I think things are just going to even out, especially when the Red Sox face tougher competition. Granted, I think we got we got Tampa Bay for four after yep. this, right? Yeah, so Round it's, it's, it's yeah. a tall ask. <laughs> but um, given that this team is, you know, on track, to, and I know we've been focusing a lot on the injuries, but on track to becoming less uh, bitten by the injury bug, hold knock on desk. Um, you could make an argument that the the Red Sox are just sort of place holding first place right now, and I. But that's not to take away from the talent because they have been exceeding expectations. Um, the the offense has been eye opening, I would say. Um, when did but, Alex Verdugo to hit? Yeah, ex- <laughs> like all these players that you know, I I think it has a lot to do with Cora. And I know we like to to shit on managers and their their imprint on what a team is able to do, but I feel like this team really believes in Cora, and it, and it's good to have them there in their perspective. But I just think talent and the cream rises to the top. And I'm not saying that this won't be a four-team race because I really do think – I put it this way. I don't think the Red Sox are this good, and I also don't think the Yankees are that bad. So I think yes. you're going to see like a flip-flop kind of thing. But I think at the end of the day, right now, the Blue Jays has the have the farm system to make significant moves at the trade deadline like we've already mentioned, mm-hmm. which will push them ahead of the, of the competition, I feel. The Blue Jays are – I think have a much more high-octane high offense than – any of the three teams, and that includes Tampa. Um, and I think they, they have the luxury of having these minor league parks that they're playing in. And again, I know that their opposition has that same advantage when they play, but you figure the Blue Jays are playing a single A and then a triple A ballpark, but then the Yankees and the Red Sox are playing in big league ballparks. Same with Tampa. 
for the majority of those seasons. So I think given all those advantages that the Blue Jays have, it wouldn't surprise me if they're closer to first than the Red Sox are. Just I don't believe in the talent long term and especially don't believe in the back end of the schedule for the Red Sox. I, if yeah. they can prove me wrong, good for them. I just don't see it happening. Craig? To that note, you mentioned our high-octane offense. As you knew, losing five to nothing after the first inning, we've had some base runners, and I, Vlad Jr., who has been one of the best hitters in baseball this season, just missed a home run to make it a five to two game by about three feet or one oh. meter, <laughs> however you want to measure it. <laughs> but the Blue Jays are on the board with five to one right now because Bobachet came in on that now Vladdy double, and. Dear God, the, the only reason this thing didn't go out was because it was straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, when in, once again, opposite center field a little bit. So, good stuff. But to your point, this offense is completely what's driving the Red Sox right now. The pitching, they're hoping to get Garrett Richards. The, what Garrett that's Richards what was supposed to be with the Angels like six no. years ago? No, that's not going to happen. And like uh, to the to- point of what we were talking about, as he walks another guy here, it wouldn't shock me that Garrett Richards lets the Blue Jays back into this game where it becomes at least a you know one-run ball one way or the other. Looks and like he's trying. <laughs> it, it, it's what he did the last time we faced him. <laughs> so when we were playing in Fenway, he let us he, he I think he shut us out for the first two or three innings and then the Blue Jays marched straight into the game and opened up the door. Yeah. I think yeah. we ended up losing that game in the long run, but Hitchers definitely wasn't the reason we were out of it. <laughs> so um I just don't see their pitching staff, even if they do get Chris Sale back in August, like it sounds like they are going to, you're not going to get Cy Young Award winning Chris Sale if he comes back from Tommy John surgery. You're going to get no. somebody that you're hoping is going to throw a few BBs out there and, uh, you know, keep you in some ball games, you know. And I just, there's, I don't see any reason why they are not going to be the team that's going to be a nuisance for all the other teams in the American League down the stretch. But. Then again, because of the way the schedule is, how many are they're going to be playing all those teams? Yeah. So yes. they're going to yeah. be the thorn in the side of everybody, I think, when it comes really down to it. And I wouldn't it wouldn't shock me the way they're playing that they're going to be above five hundred club. But I just see the you know them fall into the point of reality that they're still a year or two away. And like Adam said, great if they do it. Good for Red Sox fans. That's all I can say. But, no, fuck Red Sox. Yeah. Fans, so. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> so to that point, the Blue Jays are still waiting for all the reinforcements. We we have a 500 or better team right now, and like we were saying, we're going into the day a half a game out of first place with not even our best pitchers, our closer lost in spring training, so on and so forth. A plethora of reasons why we shouldn't even be where we are right now. So if the status quo for what happens for the Blue Jays continues as it is, it's only going to get better. And especially when they have all the prospects to trade. Let's say that things do continue to do what they're doing for the Blue Jays. They're not going to sit on their hands when they're still a, a, a good team like this come trade deadline. They're going to plug in whatever oh, it takes to get this team over the hurdle because they yes. got into the playoffs last year. Kind of like a technicality. And they think and we're yes. full on legit this year. And they're that close to it. So if it, things continue to go awry, they, who would have guessed they would even went after Semyon if you were talking about how this team has spent over the last five years, for example? Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't have happened. It's just how it is. But I think right now this has got everything going for them, and the Red Sox, unfortunately, are going to have to keep watching in their back rearview mirror, I think, because the teams are coming to get them. Yeah. 
I, I completely agree. And um, look, the Blue Jays do finish up May with a tough schedule. They do have a tough finish to this month after we're done with the Red Sox tonight and tomorrow. They have the four-game wraparound with the Rays over the Victoria Day long weekend, which is why Monday's game starts at 1 o'clock uh, for the Canadian holiday. And then they go to the Yankees, Cleveland. Uh, those won't be easy, uh, but the Jays have played the Yankees extremely well this year. They're 4-2 against them. This will be the first time playing Cleveland in a few years. Uh, they have great pitching rotation. And you know what? This team has a very, very good chance to finish May, hopefully, at least three games above 500, if not a little bit more. They're currently six games above 500. And then talking about the schedule, not to go too deep, gentlemen, into June, but you're looking at four games with the Marlins, two in Buffalo and two in uh, Miami. You have four games against Boston, which you can clearly beat them, uh, as they did last night. Uh, And then you have six games with the Orioles, four of them, or sorry, seven games with the Orioles, uh, four of them being in Buffalo, where they played the Orioles extremely tough last year. The schedule in June does get softer for the Blue Jays, where they can start taking advantage of some tough teams. You know, mixed in there, there was a three-game with Houston, who they played well in Houston a couple weeks ago. Uh, There's three against New York in Buffalo, where we know the Yankees did not like coming last year. Uh, And then three with the White Sox, who's going to be a team that you have to beat to stay at least in wildcard contention. So the schedule does start to turn in the Blue Jays' favor as we head towards June and into Canada Day. Craig, is there any score update? I know there's two runners on base. Uh, give us some good news, hopefully. It's still 5 one I think five they got one. out of the inning. But okay. um, to uh, many of our listeners on the uh, Twitter feed, that Garrett Richards does not look comfortable on that mound in that ballpark at all. <laughs> he looks like he's very antsy. So hopefully that bodes well for Blue Jays to be able to get back into it. He's, he should have shouldn't have gotten out of that run, uh, inning with only one run being allowed. Um, it was a bad base running error by uh, Marcus Semyon, who ran through the stop sign at third base and unfortunately got tagged on his way back to third base retreating. <laughs> so, but point, I think the Buffalo Bill or the, yeah, the Buffalo Bison's ballpark <laughs> <laughs> might actually be the unsung hero because as you mentioned, teams do not want to go there. It's like trop version 2.0, you know, it's just in the Northeast instead of the Southeast. You know? <laughs> so, um, to the point, even though they've made some better amenities, apparently for visiting ball clubs in the midst of the renovations going on, but it's still going to be a glorified pop tent. And I'm going to watch and love watching Clint Frazier freak out and piss and moan about being in a little tent out and left field, whatever the hell they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) So I think things go good for the blue Jays period for even in that thing, as much as I'd love to see him playing in the dome and everything and being back to normal, if this is what they're going to go with, I think that they have a very good chance to actually, you know, play off of that and use that as a strength in their favor. They're comfortable. The other team ain't. <laughs> what was the old Bills saying? Uh, when it's too too rough for them, it's just right it's for just us. Just right for us. Yeah. <laughs> that that mantra in Buffalo is going to be all on for the Blue Jays, I think. So let me let me point out July for the Red Sox, right? And that is right in the heat of things, right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the the. First of July, Canada Day is the end series against the the Royals. So whatever. Then they go on a West Coast swing over the weekend to Oakland. Then they stay in the West Coast and face the Angels. Now I know the Angels aren't necessarily a dangerous team, but if they get Otani on the mound, it might spell trouble for them. Then they come back home and face the Phillies. Then it's the All Star break. Then it's a four game series against the Yankees. Three game right after against Toronto. Then it's another four game against the Yankees. Oh. And there's a four game against Toronto and then to wrap up July they have a, a three game against Detroit I mean uh, Tampa so that's pretty tough for the rest of July 
August is a little lighter, but let me show you September. Tampa, Cleveland, Tampa, Chicago White Sox, sure Seattle, and sure Baltimore, but then two against the Mets, four, I mean, three against the the Yankees, and then they wrap it up three against the Orioles. So July and August and September might be a little rough. Oh, sorry, they, they finished October against the Nationals. So it wow. might be a little rough for them, depending on what's happening. And you can see, like, those games are not necessarily gimmies for the Red Sox, whereas the the Toronto schedule is a little bit lighter in comparison. And they might have, again, they have Seattle, they have Baltimore, they have, well, Miami's okay, but they still have Miami, and they have uh, Boston sprinkled in there in June. Same thing with July, they have Texas, they have Boston, but they also have Kansas City, Seattle, Baltimore. The Blue Jays have these winnable games. August, they have Cleveland, they have the Angels, they have Seattle, they have Washington, Tigers. they have Detroit. Yes, they have, uh, again, the White Sox might be a, a problem, but again, they have Detroit twice and Baltimore again. Heading in September, they have, uh, I mean, it's a little rougher there, but still, they have all <laughs> these, they have all two series against the Twins, which could be for the taking. And they finish out the, se- they finish the season with three at home against Baltimore. So the Blue Jays have a little bit of a lighter schedule on the back end compared to the Red Sox. So I like where the Blue Jays are sitting, especially if they make a, a pretty decent splash for starting pitching or to add to the offense, which I don't necessarily think they will, but if they do, Having that kind of octane into this end of the series, I mean, end of the season is very beneficial for the Blue Jays. Love it. I love it too, but detrimental to your point, the the Red Sox better never face Ross Stripling again. Kiki Hernandez just hit his fifth home run season. So now it's six to one. Just to put it out there. This should already be a pen day. (laughs) I would have pulled the record. I was just going to ask you, do you want a rebuttal on your previous standpoint? <laughs> sure. All yeah. I heard is that he's going to pick him for the click next week already because yeah, this yeah, is yeah. got to happen. <laughs> I can't believe I, it. He's literally serving up meatballs watching this on the uh, iPad here. It is just insanely hard to watch. There's no way. He's got to get pulled. He's, I'm not kidding. They're going right down the pipe. He, it's yeah. like he's not even trying for the corners. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> so Well, we'll see if the Blue Jays' offense can muster enough to come back tonight. It doesn't seem like Ross Stripling is willing to help them out too much, but we could be wrong. Uh, maybe they will come back. But, yeah, I th- I think I heard last they night will. the Blue Jays Just, are come on. done with the Red Sox in early August. So yes. this, is a, this is their chance to take advantage and win as many games as you can. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's all the agenda items I had for you guys. Uh, why don't we move on to pick the click? I know this is our first episode of the year where we're recording in the middle of a game and the series isn't done yet. So we're kind of doing like, all right, you pick Up your pick clicker one game with Boston <laughs> and then you go in and we're going to do, let's see. So we have a four gamer with Tampa and then when we record next week, Wednesday, there'll be one Yankees game done. So we're pr- uh, uh, picking players for one, two, three, four, five, six games. Uh, one against Boston, four against Tampa, and one against the Yankees. Um, Craig, open it up with who we picked last week. All right, Mr. Panikar, you had Marcus Semien, and we all had an even record last week, so we're going to have to go completely uh, on that fact that we all guessed it was going to be four and one this past week, which was accurate. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Adam, you had Boba Shett, who had a very nice week. Good pick this week. <laughs> I had Teoscar Hernandez, and then we had in the guest spot, once again, the Robbie Rayisms of the Cy Young future <laughs> from our uh, Chris Key. So, anyway. Nine strikeouts. Nine strikeouts. 
I Robbie Ray looked very impressive. I cannot say anything other than that. Did he end up getting the seventh inning, or did he? It was six no. plus. No, it was five and two thirds. Five and two thirds. That's what it was. Okay. Either way, just to say, if you want to submit your click your pick early right now, Trent Thornton is coming into this game very very soon. It looks like it could be <laughs> technically like a start for him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. <laughs> true that. He's he's getting into his name back into the hat for being a star against one maybe because in all reality, guys, he's looked really damn good in the bullpen. I would honestly would be entertaining it. <laughs> so, um. Anyways, out of those. Who do you guys think out of the the, the collective group there? Semyon, Bo, Teoscar, and Ray had the best week this past week. Teoscar was impressive. Teoscar was pretty good. Uh, let me see if I can quickly pull up fan graphs and see who statistically had the oh, best. We're going to actually go to the board. <laughs> let me see. It might be a while to pull this up. Although my computer is going much quicker than it usually does when oh, uh, no. when we record. <laughs> Give me goes. one second, but why don't we start picking while uh, we determine go? who that is. So, I think you want to make your pick first? Well, how could I not go with Vladdy after he's already got a near-miss home run tonight? There you go. <laughs> but I feel like I, that would be me being a jackass going first if Adam still doesn't have a tally on the board. I don't. Ah, oh, God. I'm going to let you All pick right. that then. <laughs> No, I mean, <sighs> there's literally nobody better than him right now in baseball. I know. I just like... I don't want to jinx it because I've been losing. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to make sure he's gonna you know parachute to see or anything. Yeah, I don't want to be the <laughs> Um, Ross Stripling. No, I'm kidding. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you would have already. Oh, technically, that would have no. worked if he pitched good his next one because this would have been last week. Yeah. <laughs> He is going to get out of the inning, it looks like. So he did make it through the two, but six earned runs. (laughs) Let me go Graychuck. He's been consistent. I'm going to go Randall Graychuck. Okay. I've yet to pick a pitcher yet, but I'm going to keep it that way. And because I want to be nice to Adam, I'm really not going to pick Vlad. I was just trying to be a dick. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, So so Randall Graychuck for Adam. Um, and I can I have the results up here over the last seven days. I know there might be another game or two in there that uh, we're not or we did pick for. But over the last seven days, uh, Teoscar led the way or Teoscar and Vlad led the way with half a war each. Uh, and then Bichette and Simeon tied at 0.3. So if we're going statistically, well, and hey, in the midst it of was Teoscar. Um, I would need to look that up. Yeah, because but... that's weird to calculate with a, only one start, but it was a exactly. good start. <laughs> exactly. Remember, I think we kind of explained the pitching rubric last week where if the hitters had a meh to under week, then the pitcher takes it if he had a yeah. gem. But if the hitters over the course of seven or six games or whatever did well, then sorry, the pitcher isn't in conversation. Mm-hmm. So Robbie Ray, sorry, Chris Key, will not get you a win. Um, he better pitch a freaking offense next time. If he <laughs> if he picked Ryu, I would have given it to him for sure. Yeah, I, seventh I inning. Seventh I inning. In the seventh. Um, <laughs> T. T. Oscar was impressive. Three ninety one, four eighty one OBP, two thirty three weighted runs created plus, and a half a win by seven days. Um, and he walked more than he struck out. Give it um, to Teo, then, yeah. So you're going to give me another one. I'm going to run away with this, guys. <laughs> I wasn't too far behind, Adam. You're getting closer. I'm getting close. I think my vote is Tiasi. It's pretty Dang. gaudy. Bo was 333-407 with 164 mm-hmm. uh, in the WRC Plus department. Simeon was 308, 333, and 139. Mm. So 
yeah, Teoscar, I think, takes the cake. Okie dokie. So I'll take another win. I'm really turning my last season around, guys. I know. <laughs> no shame. No shame. So on that note, um, I'm going to cont- I'm gonna ride Teoscar. All right. <laughs> there you go. So it's your pick, friend. Uh, hmm, that's tough. You know what? I'm going to be... The pitching route again to <laughs> see if I can have a gem of a start from Hunjin Ryu uh, his next time out, which would be against Tampa, and uh, that hopefully uh, will be a win that we can count on come Sunday in his next turn. So, give me Hunjin Ryu. There you go. Good deal, boys. And then um, we'll make sure we tweet out to the rivers and whatnot. Um, but apparently, we already have a pick in Vladi. <laughs> okay. But with a question. So the question is, does Vladdy continue this to be a top five MVP candidate for the season in a Mike Trout, a Mike Trout-esque season? Yes. The one that he's got going on right now. Have you seen it? 100%. Crystal yes. ball. Good? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, right now, I think the bat is, there's too much cut in that bat right now. He's not going to slow down. There's confidence on both sides of the field. All it's, confidence. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he looked into first baseman. Power of positivity, just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I agree. I, uh, I I don't see a, a reason. Obviously, players go through slumps here and there, but on the you know overall of the entire season, he should be right there in the conversation. There you go. So make sure oh. you get those picks in though before next uh, Wednesday at seven, or no, before tomorrow's game at seven. <laughs> and record tiebreaker, really quickly. We have one with Boston one with the Yankees and four with Tampa. Um, Adam, what are you thinking for the next six games? Oh, all right. I think they're against Boston. I don't really care. <laughs> Should we Just... be counting tonight? <laughs> yeah, they'll come back and win tonight. There you so go. that's two. Um, <laughs> four against Tampa, but they're home. I got to be conservative and go a split against Tampa just to be safe. And I'm going to go They'll win two out of three against uh, New York. Feeling good. Craig? Hmm. It's six games is what it came down to, right? Yep. I'm feeling a full guy. I think we're going to take it to school against the Yankees. <laughs> or four and two, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do oh, so we're here. not counting the full Yankee series? No, right? no, no. Just the Monday because we're recording on Wednesday. Oh, oh, right. Sorry, the Tuesday. The Tuesday. All right. So, yeah. That game. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there, and I think they'll win tomorrow too, and then they'll take two against Tampa. So I'm, I'm going with you, Craig. I'm four and two. Okay. Good deal. All right, picks to clicker in. Get your picks in, fans. Who, if you're listening, uh, before first pitch tomorrow at seven thirty-seven. So make sure you tag Craig, uh, just in case. Uh, <laughs> he's the main man behind the Twitter account. Uh, but just in case he doesn't see it, tag his personal Twitter too. Uh, and if you really want, you could tag Adam and I too. We love the uh, chat. Go for it. Yeah, we'll have a beer um, with don't worry about it. Always, please. always. <laughs> but yeah, gentlemen, uh, that wraps up this week's episode. There wasn't much really in, in newsy, but we still made it a long enough show to be in line with the normal duration uh, of what we strive for. Jaybird watching, we did have a very brief discussion before we started the show. We are back Wednesdays primarily moving forward. Uh, it will be next week Wednesday. However, the Thursday after is an off day, so we'll be back on Thursdays. And I think. Uh, Blue or Jaybird watching fans, you can kind of pick up what we're doing. If there's a getaway day or in game on a Thursday as opposed to the Wednesday, we will record Thursday. If there's night games on both days, we'll record Wednesday. And you can expect that for the rest of the season probably, but we will always keep you in the loop with our schedule as we lay it out for the remainder of the season. 
Anything else to add if we uh, do two claps on Ric Flair? <laughs> to that I'm point, good. our cheeky shenanigans will be here week to week anyway, so no big deal. <laughs> That's right. There you go. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, two claps on Ric Flair. Let's go. Let's go, guys. I accidentally clapped three times. That's all right. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.